Father, we come to you in thanksgiving and gratefulness for your goodness. You are a good father. You are a loving, caring, generous, patient, wonderful father. No one compares to you. No one. You stand alone, almighty God. You stand alone as a perfect father. And we worship you. We honor you. We thank you. We are grateful for who you are. Not just for what you do. And you do magnificent things. You do things for us we do not deserve. But Father, we worship you and we honor you and we're grateful for you because of who you are. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You are forever. You are untouchable by all opponents and enemies, but you make yourself touchable to the poor in spirit, to the broken, to the desperate, to the hungry, to the thirsty. You make yourself touchable. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are worthy and wonderful. And we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus is amazing. And a lot of people are wondering, you know, who is he really? Who is he? Um... Some people say this, some people say that, some denominations say this, some say that. Some history records say this and some say that. Well, who is he? And I don't think that we can ever really know who Jesus is until we, we ask the question with an open, broken heart. Because a lot of people want to know who Jesus is based on knowledge. They want to know who he is like history. But to know who he really is. Oh, he's so much greater than history. <laughs> he's so beyond just knowing him in your head. Like, you know, you know, facts from history class. He's He's so much better. So when we ask, who is he with an open heart? In a, in a, a broken heart, like, I really want to know. Who are you? You're supposedly the one who holds everything together, including my life. You're the only one who can truly save? Who are you? 
What do I need to do to know you? And at that place, we can begin to know the wonderful, perfect Jesus. And at that place, we can begin to read his word with an unbiased, unopinionated mind. Where, where oftentimes we read the word to prove ourselves right or, or we read the word just to get some knowledge or we use the word to be able to use it in a fight. We use the word to try to figure something out for ourselves. And not too often do we really read the word to say, who is Jesus truly? Who is this man? That forgave the people who were murdering him while they were murdering him. Who is he? And with an open heart and a broken heart, you can begin to read the word and discover the person of Jesus. The Bible says he is the word. So if you read the Bible truly looking for Jesus, you are going to find him in truth. So Jesus is so much. He is so much. But one of the things that Jesus is that may not be the most acceptable thing is Jesus is the great divide. He is the divider. The Bible says in Matthew 10, 34, Jesus is speaking. This is written in red. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. That just shook a lot of people's world right there. All your Christmas songs. Oh my goodness. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. I'm going to read this in the Message Bible. It's just a creative presentation of this scripture. Starting again in verse 34. Don't think that I've come to make life cozy. I've come to cut, make a sharp knife cut between son and father, daughter and mother, bride and mother-in-law. Cut through these cozy domestic arrangements and free you for God. Well-meaning family members can be your worst enemies. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. 
If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. If you don't go all the way with me through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and you look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Jesus is making it very clear. There will be no one before me. This doesn't mean that Jesus is just going to make everybody hate each other. I hate my mom. Why? Because I love Jesus. You know, that doesn't even make sense. You know, everybody in your house just hating each other. And it's like, we're a picture of the kingdom. That doesn't make sense. Biblically, it, it, it doesn't fit the whole context of the word of God. So Jesus isn't saying, I'm going to make everybody in your house hate everybody in your house. No, he's saying, I have come to draw a line between your relationship with everybody else and me. I have come to make a clear divide. There's me and there's everybody else. Because I am worthy and he is. He is worthy. And he says, if you love anyone more than you love me, if you put anyone before me, you do not deserve me. The great divide. It is not Jesus and somebody else and somebody else. It's not Jesus and your boyfriend um, on the throne of your heart. It's not Jesus and your mama on the throne of your heart. It's not Jesus and your bestie for the restie on the throne of your heart. It's not Jesus and my daddy. It's not Jesus and my brothers and sisters. It is Jesus. He is the only one who will take the throne of your heart. And he says, and if you want somebody else on that throne, of course, that is your choice but you will not be worthy of me. You won't be worthy of an intimate relationship. You won't be worthy to be called a true disciple who would carry their cross following me. You won't be worthy like like those in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, where it says the, the world was not worthy of those who gave everything. They gave everything for God. God was so number one that they were willing to lose their own physical lives. The Bible says some of them were sawed in half. Some of them were burned alive and they refused. I won't deny him. I won't turn away from him. I won't give man uh, the position that God has in my life. And they didn't change their mind all the way up to the point of death. And the Bible says about them, the world was not worthy of them because they lived a life worthy of Jesus. Jesus says, anyone who can't make that division, you're not worthy. 
Jesus is a stand alone. It's not like Jesus and my husband. They are my life. My kids are everything to me. I give my life for my kids. That's beautiful, but it's not biblical. The one you give your life for and the one you lay your life down for and the one that comes before everyone and everything and the one you work for and you do everything unto, that's Jesus Christ. And then he will enable you to love your wife, to love your husband, to love your children with a godly kingdom love. You're not loving your children to the full capacity you could until you're loving Christ more than you're loving them. You're not loving your husband or your wife to the full capacity that you could truly love them until you are loving Jesus more than you are loving them. That is true. It is offensive, but so is this scripture. And Jesus says, I'm worthy. And you don't have to do this. But I'm worthy. Because no other king of kings and creator of the universe came down as a baby, ultimately with the plan to be murdered. Jesus is like, that was only me. Your kids didn't package all of God into a body and prepare it to be murdered for you. Your husband, he wasn't God's son who said, I'm going to let my blood pour out. I am almighty God, the creator of everything seen and unseen, all universe, the whole universe, all galaxies, all power. And I'm going to come down and I'm going to package myself into a fleshly body so that it can be murdered and my blood can spill out so that you are completely innocent of every crime you ever committed and every secret sin. I'm going to do that so that you can be washed from all the pornographic images. I'm going to, I'm going to do that so that you can be washed from those people that you murdered. I'm going to come down and I'm going to do that so that your mouth that has said things and done things it never should have said and it never should have done can be cleansed. I'm going to do that so that everything you've ever done can be washed away in my blood and you are innocent and you are pure before God because of me. Jesus says, no one else can do that for you because no one else is God's son but me and no one else is the king of kings but me and nobody else holds all of existence together because they are the center but me and I'm the one who chose to come to be murdered for you, gruesomely, brutally, horrifically murdered for you so that you could stand in front of God and be as innocent and as holy as his son. So don't compare me with anyone else because I'm worthy. Don't compare me to fleshly people who make mistakes, who sin, 
who fall away, who are emotional, who are fickle. Don't compare me to people. I stand alone and you can love your family. Oh, love them so well that the world looks at you and craves the kingdom you're a part of. You can love your husband deeply, intimately, romantically. Let the world see. You can love your wife as Christ loved the church. That's in Ephesians. And wives, you can, you can honor your husbands the way the church is supposed to honor God. Wow, that's beautiful. That's a picture people want to follow. Yeah, love each other like crazy, but don't love each other more than you love Christ. Because the moment you put somebody before Christ, you turn them into your God. You turn an imperfect, faulty, mistake-making person into your God and they will hurt you. And they will let you down and you've given them a place of worship. You have made them an idol and you expect them to do what only God can do for you and they can't do it. So you will be hurt. The Ten Commandments, one of them is so powerful and so crisp and so clear. There's no gray area. Have no other idols before me. And when we hear that verse, <clears throat> we, we think of like the golden calf. We think of these um, altars. We see like little figurines and stuff. But do you know your boyfriend can be your idol, your God? Your girlfriend can become your God. Your family can become your God, your job, social media. Anything that you give your life to more than you give your life to Christ, that is your God. That is your idol. Don't let this offend you. Don't let this make you angry where you're just like, you know, you just won't even hear it anymore. And it just makes you mad. Let it. Let it change you. I know what it's like to be sitting in a service and somebody just calls you out without even meaning to. And then you're just mad like because you want to defend yourself. It's called pride. I know because I have it and I go through it and I have to overcome it. But don't do that right now. Just just like open your heart. Because this is a good word. This is a good thing. Jesus dividing himself from everything else in your life is so good. Now, don't get it twisted. He's involved in everything in your life. He should be involved in every. He's involved in your relationship. He's involved in your friendships. He's involved in your job. He's involved in your hobbies. He's involved in everything he wants to be. I'm not talking about that. He, he should be involved in everything you do in your life. The Bible says everything you do, do is unto the Lord. You, you, you live your whole existence like with Jesus right there with you. I'm not saying he divides himself and isolates himself and he doesn't want to be a part of it. Of course not. I'm saying Jesus is standalone. And the way that you love Jesus in comparison to how you love everybody else makes it known. Jesus is their everything. They really, truly love jesus 
and you pour out affection on your husband and you pour out affection on your kids and you're loving to your friends and you're loving them as Christ loved, as the Bible says to do in John 15, you're, you're just uh, such an example. But man, when they see the way that you love Jesus, it's stand alone. Jesus says clearly, I've come to bring a sword to divide myself from everyone and everything else. I am stand alone. And anyone who puts anything before me, you're not worthy. Because nobody, nobody else is the son of God. So nobody else can make the sacrifice I have made for you. I'm worthy. I deserve the number one position. It's not this like mean ruler and dictator and this ugly, prideful, arrogant position. That's not even the person of Jesus. Every single word you read from Jesus, you have to take into account the person of Jesus. These words came from the same man who died on a cross. And and while he was being murdered, he's yelling out, Father, please forgive them. Forgive these people. Forgive them. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. There's not an evil, ugly, mean, hateful bone in Jesus's body. So that's not coming from this place. These words, as hard as they may be, as offensive as they may be, these are coming from love. Because Jesus knows No one else can save you. No one else can touch the depths of your soul and heal the wounds that you have but me. So don't put anybody else there. You're going to get hurt. I don't want you to hurt. Let me be that because I'm altogether perfect and I can do it perfectly. Jesus is the great divide. He divides you from anything you put before him. Now, this does not mean that Jesus brings division between race, division between culture, division between people. No way. Oh, no way. Jesus unifies people in a way that can't be explained. Skin color, age, generation, background, histories. Oh, he unifies the most unexpected people. He is incredible. He brings people together. He mends broken hearts. He puts them together again. He brings great forgiveness. He, um, leads people to repentance, to ask for forgiveness, to say, I'm sorry. He's wonderful. He brings people together. He, he unifies because his, his kingdom is full of color and difference and diversity. But he divides you from anything you would put before him. Because he's worthy. Give Jesus the position he deserves in your life. Number one. And what does that look like? I remember a man saying I was sitting in a service and I remember him saying, do you know 
how you can tell what somebody loves the most in their lives. It's what they talk about the most. It's what they spend the most time on. And so just like check yourself. What do you talk about the most? What do you spend the most time doing? What do you give your life to? Do you talk to your friends way more than you pray? Prayer is talking to God and letting him talk back. Do you spend way more time on social media than you do reading the Bible? I mean, it might sound like cliche, but it's, I mean, for real. It's basic. It's, it's easy. It's easy to detect. What do you love? Who do you love? And if it isn't Jesus, I just encourage you, stir your love for him up stir your fire for him you know how you start to kindle a flame in a relationship you spend time together you 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 start getting like the butterflies and everything it's because you start like texting back and forth and you start calling and you start like going and grabbing tacos maybe some ice cream you know but you start spending time together And that's how you cultivate friendship. That's how you cultivate relationship. That's how you begin to kindle a fire. So if you're seeing, man, I don't really love Jesus. And I don't know how to get there. You know how you get there? Just start spending time with him. The Bible says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. I love to say this. Go to your room. Close your door, get on your knees and begin to talk to God and then close your mouth and listen. Open your Bible. Begin to read it and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me understand. Lead me. Where do you want me to read? Show me where to start. Show me what to do. Show me where to go. Teach me. Talk to me. And begin to cultivate the most precious relationship in your life. And that is your relationship with Jesus Christ.